appreciators. Good morning, Twin Cities, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Uh, Kathy Menard here, your host, along with Dr. Nicole Peralt, calling in from somewhere, probably her, her home um, in Wisconsin. Are you snowed in, Dr. Nicole? <laughs> We're not too bad. I, I actually was a little bit shocked when I wa- when I woke up this morning and and noticed that it wasn't terrible. So how how is it on your end there? I'm kind of curious to hear where it's the worst. Better. No. Okay. Yes. N- okay. Will you ask me that question again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Go ahead. Um. Better. Why did I say that? I really what I really meant to say was better than expected. Like. Yes. Like it wasn't as bad as I thought is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Although I have to say I spent an awful lot of time with the ice pick this morning. Chop, chop, chop. And, you know, I must not be very good at it or I must not have a good angle because I, I felt like I was spending a little bit too much time, you know, with the mm-hmm. ice pick this morning um, in one particular section. It, it just felt like I wasn't really making any progress. But, um, yeah, usually I, I just am consumed with dogs. And this morning I was consumed somewhat with dogs, but mostly the ice pick. I just, uh you know, chopping and chipping and trying to, yeah, because the door, the back door of the building where, you know, my, my business is at, and I'll spend the night there when I'm boarding, I could not open the door, right? Because it a little, it, it melted just enough where it came up, you know, over the bottom of the door. So I push, push, try to get it out. And, and, or, get the door out so I can get the dogs out. And um, and so, yeah, yeah. No, I just felt like I was iced in, kind of. And I don't know oh, about you. Little, oh. oh, no. <laughs> so here's a little tip for you. We have to, at the clinic, when it gets like this, there is one of the main entry doors that we actually have to plug a, a hairdryer in. It sounds so hilarious. Um, and you have to just sit there and use the, the hairdryer on the um, you know, the seams of the door, and then it'll pop right open. So you might have to get a hairdryer. <laughs> I might have to get a hairdryer. Perfect. No, that's a great <laughs> idea. I do have a big, like, commercial size space heater. So I thought I would just, you know, very, very carefully, you know, plug it in where there's, you know, where I know it's not yeah. going to get wet yeah. or whatever. But, um, but, yeah, but what else do you do? You know, the salt is great on thin ice, but not necessarily thick when you need to get get things open or whatever and then of course you know it's if if i think too much about daylight savings time either spring forward like it was last night or this morning whatever or fall back obviously in the fall if i think too much about it there's problems if i just kind of think spring forward and then no other thoughts associated with it i do just fine in terms of setting the clock and all that you know and, like, getting my mind to, like, switch over. I mean, my God, it's just an hour one way or the other. If it was, like, if I was flying to the East Coast or flying to the West Coast, I would make that adjustment real, real easy, you know, with that time zone difference. But I don't know what happened. I don't think I was too tired. I just don't know what happened. But for whatever reason, I set the alarm clock for what I thought was the right time. But this morning, it was 4 o'clock when it, when it went off. Both alarm clocks. I didn't make a mistake with one. I made it with two. <laughs> so 4 o'clock, I've been up and moving and grooving, working with my ice pick, working with the dogs since 4 o'clock this morning. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm almost ready for supper, like my evening meal pretty soon. <laughs> but um, Or a nap. You need a nap. Yeah, maybe that too. Uh, but um, but yeah, yeah, no. So I'm glad that you're you're safe and sound. Pet appreciators, I sure hope that you're safe and sound, you know, out there too. Uh, you know, hopefully, I don't know if it is or not, but hopefully this will be the last of the big blast. Although I know we had two big snowstorms in April, so I'm not um, I'm not going to get my hopes up at all. But um, but it has been a hard winter, and um, you know, my thoughts are with all of you too. That's a that's a challenge, especially for those of you that have older dogs and trying to get them to get outside to do their business or people with puppies because that's it's been a challenging winter to have either one of those age groups you know that's for sure um but i i have to rant and rave just a little bit did you did did any of you see or read and for me it would be reading 
just because I don't, for whatever reason, I just choose not to have a TV. I haven't for probably decades now. But, um, you know, so I'll get all my info off the computer, you know, the internet or the, the internet on the cell phone. And so, but um, I'm usually in a hurry, so it's usually just headlines, you know, just kind of keeping up what's going on locally, what's going on, you know, nationally, what's going on internationally, that kind of thing. And um, so I read, and, and this was last night, and which site? I don't know, probably CNN or Huffington Post. I don't remember. But, um, of course, it was another large-scale commercial breeder, and I don't think they were, like, quote-unquote busted, you know. I think what happened, and and it was just sort of a shorter article, and I'm not quite sure where, North North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, I'm not sure, but I think that general area of the country, one of the states out there, and it was like close to 800 dogs, um, smaller dogs, and it kind of sounded like the, the gentleman who owned it, um, the guy who owned it had asked for help. And so he let them take like 600 and some dogs, you know, like, you know, like the authorities and the humane society and stuff. And of course, <clears throat> I can only imagine the coordination that it took to, to get these dogs out. And that's a lot of dogs and into all these different rescues. I mean, that's, that's a huge um, movement, you know what I mean, of, of animals. But I guess he kept like 85 of them. And he was probably just going to start all over and do the same thing. You know, who knows? I'm not going to judge, but probably. Why would you keep 85? And so they had gone back and they had found, you know, the rest of them. And, of course, he's being charged on all kinds of different things. Nothing's finalized yet, but I'm sure it will be later in the week. But you know what my rant and rave is this morning about that? Okay, what I don't get, every every single time you read about these commercial breeders, large-scale commercial breeders that get raided or they ask for help or whatever it turns out and we hear about it in the news, every single time there's these makeshift crates that these dogs are in and they're stacked. Why is that? I mean, I don't get it. Like, of course, and you always read that when they're stacked like that and they never get taken out because they don't, um, they they pee and poo on each other because it just goes down through the crates, right? Okay, so that's my gripe, and I hate to sort of bring that up. But pet appreciators, help me understand. What words make up sentences that are thoughts in these people's minds? They do the same thing. doesn't matter what part of the country they're, fr- they're from. It doesn't matter what gender. It doesn't matter the breed of dogs. They still go to the same thing of stacking. What is the point of that? There should be something in the mind that says dogs go to the bathroom. Where is it going to end up? Underneath by their paws. Then where? On top of the dogs below. I mean, if you're going to sell these dogs, why do you want I mean, I don't get it, okay? I mean, it's disgusting, for one, so unhealthy, so mean, so unthoughtful. But why? Why? Everyone that I've read about does the same thing. These makeshift crates on top of each other, same result. I mean, I don't get it. Why would you want to clean that? Why do you, why, why, what, like... Where, wh- why not have them side by side? Why, if you've gone through the, 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 t- all the time to make, you know, a, a big barn or buy a makeshift building or something, you know, why not have them side by side and then let them out to go to the bathroom? There's, you can buy pens, you can make pens. I mean, think about it. 800 dogs, that's a phenomenal. I mean, just think if they if they went to the bathroom, if they pooped once a day, you got to clean that up 800 times. So like if you're a commercial breeder, like why wouldn't it be set up? You know what I mean? Like I don't get it, but it's the same you you read the same problem over and over again, and it's a stacking thing that drives me nuts right now. 
I just don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, fine. I'll be quiet. Dr. Nicole? <laughs> well, I obviously could... People like us, I'm sorry, but we can never understand that mindset, and um, thank God for that. But I guess the the reason I know that they're doing that, I'm assuming, is just because they're out of space. I mean, they're trying to cram you know, as many animals as they possibly can, and I suppose if they stacked them side by side, just single file, um, you know, one, one row, you know, they're going to run out of space. So, you know, they just want as much as they possibly can, um, you know, with breeding and money coming back. And it's just a disgusting, awful, awful business, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they're stacking them on top of each other. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I just the fact that things like this happen in the world, it's just even hard for, for me to even try to understand. So um, it's shocking to me, too, that they would, excuse me, leave or allow this operation to keep 85 dogs. I mean, I just don't even understand how on earth that is legal, how it's humane, you know, all of these things. Like, how were they allowed to keep 85 dogs? That is well, they they found, yes, yes, but they found them. See, the guy took 85 out of the 800 and hit him so somewhere. That's thing. I don't know why they would allow him to keep even any for how he was treating them. You know, I don't know. But I, I think they went back and got the other 85. That's what I think. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Yeah, because he hit him. Because I was like, oh, he's probably just going to start all over again. Oh, I mean, God, why would you keep 85? Keep... Oh, yeah. my God. The music. Oh. Commercial break. Stay with us, pet appreciators. Hi, this is Laura, and I want to tell you about my family's favorite thing. It's our wood stove. We bought it about 14 years ago from Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And see, the wood stove has actually paid for itself because we can keep the main area that we live in toasty warm with this great moist heat. But more important than saving money, it has actually improved our lives. Having a fire simplifies life. It provides comfort. It sort of takes the chill out of winter. I'm Peter Solak. In 1977, I started Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And I experienced the simple joy of warming myself by a fire. I also realized that the place and the way we embrace fire has evolved in a diversity of forms and styles. So at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we have brought together the widest selection of our fireplace products and technical knowledge in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to use our knowledge to help you choose the design and function that is right for you and your home. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking. If you're someone that counts on AM 950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM 950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM 950 on your receipt. AM 950 is supported by small local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can go solar with All Energy Solar, even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth? For one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. 
for staying with us, pet appreciators. And I'm sorry I went off on that rant, but gosh, does that bug me. I just don't get it. But anyways, Dr. Nicole, I think you were you were finishing some thoughts too about that. Commercial breeding, stacking dogs, and of course, they're doing it for the maximum. I mean, they go into it. That's probably why they go into that thinking dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Each dog represents $1,000 or whatever they're selling them for, you know, probably more. And so I can see, you know, but the bottom line is these are live creatures. They're not like toys you stack on a shelf. You know what I mean? It just drives me absolutely insane. It just drives me insane. But anyways, finish your thought, Dr. Nicole. Well, I I guess my just whole point is the fact that, they're yes, they're doing it out of greed. Um, and that, I guess that's the only word that I can use to describe what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think they have, they don't, they don't see them for what we see them as, you know, they see them as, um, you know, that's their, that's their source of income. I mean, they probably get excited when they know there's going to be 10 puppies versus seven puppies. Cause like you said, that's more money. And so I, I don't know, there's no way for, for any of us, um, you know, who pride ourselves on taking good care of our animals. You know, you think about the average number of times that we let our dogs out in a day. I mean, my gosh, I would say at a minimum four times, you know, and some of us with older pets and puppies, I mean, you're probably out eight times a day. And so you think about those little sweethearts that are just sitting in there day after day after day, never getting to go outside. And it just is, oh, it's just, it's so disheartening and so painful to even think about. I I just don't understand how it's even legal. I just won't ever understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Or how come, and well, let me rephrase this because there probably are some commercial breeders that stand out from the rest in a more positive way. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, where is the fire inside of these, some of these people to stand out? You know what I mean? Like, where is the, where is the, where are the ones that like, are, well, I'm gonna get a loan and invest in something, or I'm gonna just do it differently, or I'm gonna be a leader in this field and just, you know what I mean? Like, get out there. Think, Go ahead. Oh, I I think those people are are, are doing it for because they have a love of their breed. <clears throat> you know, like I I know a lot of of people. Um, even that, that come to our clinic who are just phenomenal breeders. They have state-of-the-art facilities. They, oh my goodness, they do every single thing for these puppies. They love their adults. They just, you know, they, they do everything right. And I think that's, they, they do it because they, they, they love so much their, the breed of, of dog, you know, and they, they want to make sure that they're only putting out the very best of that breed and things like that. So I think it's such a different, that's their fire. You know, I think it's because they're doing it out of love. Whereas I think some of the ones that we're talking about where they get raided and it's all this neglect and cruelty, I think they're doing it out of greed. I don't know if they started out with the same fire as the ones I was talking about, but I, they're doing it just as a paycheck. You know, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear that you know people personally through your vet clinic that are really, really good breeders. And, yeah, yeah and, there's there's like a handful that come in and you're just like, whoa, you know, they come in, every single animal gets a microchip. Every single animal that is adopted has to be spayed or neutered. They can't, you know, they, they, they just, yeah, they go above and beyond. They, yeah, so it, there are, and they're small, you know, they're small scale breeders that really just love their breed and they do everything possible, anything that is recommended and that could better their adult dogs and the puppies, you know, so I just, yeah, it, it does. You do see a lot of, of good ones, but there's so many bad ones. Oh. Yeah. And Nicole, when you get a chance, please talk to some of these breeders um, and see if any of these would like to be able to call in and come or, or come in for the show. So we can okay. highlight, um, we can highlight you know these breeders because there are they are out there, and we can contact them, and um, you know just highlight that and just you know yeah 
because it, it would be it would be great because I get asked all the time and I always have a generic answer because I don't have a lot of info for one um, but I'm, I'm afraid to 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 give them too much info in case I accidentally send them you know what I mean to to a breeder that's not very good right so yeah, yeah so so that would be great I, you know I'm totally fine um, highlighting what you know somebody who's doing the very, very best they can in a field that gets often criticized, you know? So I am totally fine with that. So, but anyways, I didn't want to take too much time about that, but I really don't get it. I just don't get the the words that go through their thoughts. I mean, what, what words are their thoughts, you know, that give them the permission inside themselves to do that without having any sort of internal thing happen inside of them that says, no, <laughs> this isn't okay. It's just not okay to set it up this way, you know? And, yeah, it just drives me nuts. I just don't know what words and how they're put together that m- rationalize them in their mind. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, <sighs> whatever. So, but anyways, we're, you know, obviously, it's been a tough winter. You know, at least a tough February going into March here. But now, I looked ahead you know, at the weather, and it looks like rapid meltdown, just like ra- rapid, 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 and which means rapid sort of diseases af- affiliated with water, standing water. And I'm going to have you talk to that, Doctor Nicole, and just remind everybody, you know, what, what, what to be on the lookout for in terms of stomach issues, intestinal issues. You know, that comes with rapidly melting snow and dogs, maybe cats, maybe feral cats. I don't know. But, you know, I'm assuming bacterial or virus viruses can spread through that. And I always think of, you know, the, the toxins that are in there, you know, just from cars maybe leaking antifreeze or cars leaking oil or, you know, that kind of thing and the salt and, you know all that, so I'll just let you speak to that and 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 give our listeners just some helpful helpful tips and little reminders. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you that this is a massive um, messy time <laughs> that we're going to be experiencing here in the next month, probably or more. Um, and so I guess my biggest things to think about you you kind of touched on. You know, I always worry. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, even with people you know, walking their dogs into vet clinics. I always think, what if somebody's car is leaking antifreeze? Like, thankfully, the snow would give us, you know, the hint of a color, you know, so you keep away from that. But when it's all melted and it's on pavement, you can't really see that color as well. And so I feel like that's a huge, huge risk, um, just antifreeze alone. The other things, um, you know, there's a lot of ice melts. We talked a little bit about this, you know, with you with your ice pick, Um there's so many ice melts out there that have lots of chemicals in them and they're not safe. And so if you think about all of that stuff, all of those little particles are melting and they're just becoming part of the earth. It's really quite terrible to think about, but all of those have, you know, different chemicals. If dogs ingest a bunch of those, um, you know, whether or not it's all on their feet or, you know, they're running around outside and it's um, and they're real wet and it's a real furry dog, like a golden doodle or something. They come in and they're just covered in wet, soppy mess. And then they're going to lick their feet and clean themselves. Well, all of that stuff that they're right off. And we are going into a yep. commercial break. I'm going to cut you off and we'll start right away on the other side. Thank you. I'm Nick Slavic, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I've been a craftsman for more than 25 years. My company has been awarded more than five national awards for craftsmanship. You won't find somebody who loves their job more than me. I've devoted my life to my family, my craft, my business, and to the people who trust me with their projects. And I'm happier for doing it. Visit N-I-C-K-S-L-A-V-I-K.com to learn more. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Every week, we bring you insights on home financing, discussing rates, programs, local and national news. Whether you're buying your first home or your hundredth home, we have tips and inside information to save you money and feel like a mortgage master. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? 
Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooner's combines a dedicated, full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options, or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we got patchy snow with a high near 29, while tonight's partly cloudy with a low around 11, tomorrow sunny with a high near 28, Tuesday slight chance of snow with a high near 38, and Wednesday rain with a high near 45. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is It's Greek to Me. It's Greek to Me has been a family-owned Lynn Lake landmark since 1982. Try their specialty drinks from Greece. Located at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or more at itsgreektomemn.com. Welcome back, pet appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's Kathy Menard, your host, along with Dr. Nicole Peralt, your your, your other host. Um, and we've covered a couple different topics, but just sort of wrapping up one right now, um, just in terms of all that yucky stuff outside that's going to be melting and, and uh, very possibly upsetting our puppies and dogs' tummies, um, just if they get into it and lick it or lick their paws, and and you were doing an excellent job, Dr. Nicole, of of a you know going over what to look for and what to be aware of, and and what what can happen if the dogs get a little bit sick and what those signs and symptoms are. So I'll let you continue with that. Sure. So yeah, I think when they're coming in, you know, soaking wet, um, like big shaky dogs, and then they're cleaning themselves, you have to wonder what they're actually ingesting. And there can be just such a plethora of different things. You know, like I mentioned, the ice salts, you know, or ice melts, a lot of those have toxins in them. And, you know, you see, you hear about dogs getting quite sick. They can, I mean, they can have, you know, changes to their heart rhythm and rate. They can become just markedly dehydrated. Um, They can, you know, even have seizures and things like that. They can get quite ill from, you know, any type of chemical toxin that, you know, might be sitting out there. Um, just melting away as they run through in play. Um, you know, the other thing, too, that we see a lot of is, I mean, parasites. Some parasites are around in colder temperatures. As things start to melt, we start to to see a rise in animals that are, you know, coming down with things like giardia. Um, sometimes giardia, depending, it's very temperature dependent on how long it can survive and for how long, Um I should say at what temperature and for how long. And sometimes in the colder temperatures, um, you know, during melting and things like that, Giardia can survive sometimes the longest. So that's certainly something to, um, if, you're, if your animal is having, you know, vomiting diarrhea, certainly warrants going to the vet and make sure you bring a fresh stool sample, one that is not frozen. Um, and that can be certainly checked for and easily treated. Um, but there's just a, a plethora of other things, you know, you, bacterial infections, um, you know, they, we don't see a ton of, I guess, viral 
issues from this time of year. The only thing I would say is that we, for whatever reason, I'm sure seeing a lot of, you know, cats tend to come down with upper respiratory infections in the winter for whatever reason. Indoor cats, I think it, um, you know, with cats, they, they get upper respiratory signs when they're stressed, um, usually because there's, um, you know, the feline herpes virus can live, most cats carry that, and it only kind of rears its ugly head when they're stressed. And I think changes in the season and things like that can stress cats. And so we do see that happen, and that's kind of a more viral cause. But with dogs, I think primarily it's going to be parasitic. It's going to be, you know, chemicals, toxins, um, you know, whether or not there's garbage laying around or rotting you know, food and things like that, just anything outside that people have littered and thrown away, it just becomes more and more disgusting, you know, and scary for them as it's sat through a winter. Um, I hope that makes sense. But they just, for whatever reason, this is just the ickiest time. And I seem to, we do seem to see a rise in animals getting sick. Yes, yes. It's just so much to ingest. And um, yeah, yeah, just the puddles. And I think too, you know, um, so so many of like the manhole covers are covered up, you know, when it floods like that, you know, big puddles. And so when you're crossing at a corner or kind of, you know, kitty corner or whatever, I just wanted to say, be careful because, you know, your dog could, you know, you, you might not be able to see the slats in the manhole cover or whatever they're called, but they could, you know, the drain, they could easily, you know, kind of stumble and, you know, one leg could go down. They could, you know, kind of hurt their, their paw or their leg that way, too, um, just because you can't always see what's underneath those really deep puddles. That's very true. Scary. And, you know, you may have brought this up, and I could have just missed it, too, but time to clean the backyard, right? If you're not, if you're somebody that hasn't been out there cleaning the backyard, this is the time um, because so many, you know, if the feces have been sitting out there, for all these months, this is the time. I mean, it's just a your yard is just germ infested. That and so, you know, this is the time to to either clean it or to hire. There's so many companies, you know, just go online. There's so many companies that will come and pick up, you know, everything your dog left behind during the the year. Lots of them. Um, I'm afraid to name some of them because I'm afraid I'm going to forget some, and then I don't want to sound like I'm favoring one or the other. But you know, there's places you know you can look online. Sidewalkdog.com is great for that, you know, the directory that they have and to look up, you know, just like backyard cleanup. You know, I'm sure they have a ton of services, uh, businesses there that you can call, check out their rates. I'm sure there's a lot of spring specials, I would think, going on. So um, that might be a really good thing to look into or a gift for somebody. You know, if you have an elderly parent and they're used to just letting the dog go out, well, this might be, you know, if they're getting older and you don't want them to be fooling around in the slush and the ice in the backyard, this might be a good gift for them as well. But I just wanted to throw that out as an idea. That's a great idea. So, yeah, but those backyards, I tell you, there's Ugh. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, you know. It, it's it, That's one of the nice things about having a backyard. Although me, I'm just so anal about it. You know, I just can't stand it being out there for, you know, you can't be on the ground more than five to ten seconds. And that's like a rule that I have at our building, too. No more than five to ten seconds. Pick it up. Let's go. You know, like, I mean, I don't, I don't tell the staff that in that way or that tone. But I have been very firm, you know, like this is a deal. You know, dogs will eat this. This is germs. They'll step on it. They'll track it everywhere. Pick. Let's pick it up. This The backyard is, you know, that's just a rule we have. I think <laughs> it's not like a, a big run, but it's big enough. And I think we have maybe 15 poop egg dispensers, <laughs> kind of a little <laughs> ridiculous amount, but um, decorating, you know, every part of the fence where you, so you don't have to step more than, you know, a few feet away to be able to grab another bag and take care of it right away. But yeah, so I'm just kind of anal about that, but um, but yeah, no, that's just really, really important. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? I'm just trying to think of other safety things that, you know, we might just take for granted or forget about, you know, during this crazy meltdown time. Well, I think that's, you know, pretty much it. Um, we do, we are going to be starting, you know, with, with heartworm and, and tick um, season here. And so I, I often tell people, usually in March is when we start to see the ticks, you know, come out pretty heavily. 
um, at least in my area here, you know, I, I feel like for whatever reason, March and early April is just the worst time for them. So just maybe a little bit of a reminder to people to make sure they have their products going and things like that, just because we are, we're coming up on that. And I don't know how much this crazy, well, it's going to be quite a wet, it's basically going to be a puddle for the next probably several weeks. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect the ticks, but just they're coming. They are definitely coming. Right. So in other words, don't put it off. You know, yeah. <laughs> get a jump on it now, you know, so the dogs are, are protected. Dogs and cats are protected before, it. you know, you can really see them or, or you know, the, the, that they show their, they rear their ugly heads or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. yep, yep, indeed. You know, I also wanted to, to talk about another health issue. Um, I, we haven't touched about on it for a while, maybe even a couple years, um, but it's always something a little scary on my end. Um, but, but... Before we do that, can we? Can I, anyways? And if there's anybody listening that's interested, can we just have a little update on um, the German Shepherd that you help so much? Do you mean? Oh. Yeah, I think <laughs> yes. about him all the time. Oh my goodness, I know. Um, that's Petrie, and yeah. he uh, he's doing really, really well. I don't know the last update that I gave. Was he was he still with me at the last update? No, he had gone to. A, a home, not oh. a foster home, but a home adopted him, and he was doing well. So, well, they always they started off fostering to adopt because we wanted to just see, you know, because he is definitely not a normal dog. You know, he needs to be fed a certain way, and he will for the rest of his life. And so, he's been doing phenomenal. Um, they are still going to just be fostering to adopt, and you know, they're working through a few things with him, but they love him so much. Um, I get you know, updates all the time. We talk on the phone. I, I saw him on Tuesday for the first time after, you know, being away from him for about a month um, because I neutered him that day and he weighed 40 pounds. I couldn't believe it. Um, And so, yeah, I just snuggled him any chance I got that day. And it was just, it was so amazing. And then when his foster to adopt mom came and picked him up, he was so excited to see her. Didn't look back one time. He just, see ya. (laughs) And so that was, um, it was super, super exciting. I was, I think I was looking forward to that day for three weeks, you know, until I could see him again. But he's, um, yeah, he's doing very, very well. Wow. What a wonderful success story. And, you know, (laughs) the thing that really struck me was, um, you know, he's he's healthy enough and sort of free enough of his health conditions that that he had already bonded with this family. And like you said, that that's the neatest thing when they recognize who their their home is going to be, who their their mom and sort of people, mom and dad are going to be, and like you said, <laughs> yep. they they he didn't look back. He just was so happy to see her, and off they went. You know, yeah. And um, yep. and that's that's one of the coolest things about you know bonding with an animal. Well, I should say the bond itself is one of the coolest things of having an animal in your life. Is is that bond? Not very many words can describe it, but there's some definite deep feelings that that can, you know. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm he happy with them every night. Yeah, he's he's a good he's he's happy. He's spoiled rotten. <laughs> yeah, and you know he wouldn't have had that life without you, and so thank you yeah. for giving him his life back. You know. Yeah. Um, he just he just wouldn't have had that. So, so mainly to you, but all the people that you help put in place, you know, to to make that happen. You know, thank you very, very much, you know. Yes, it was my pleasure for that little guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't let me cry, Kathy. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, we'll change the subject. (laughs) So, um, but we only have like about a minute and a half, you know, um, before the commercial break. One of the, the health things that I wanted to talk about was bloat. And just to go over that, but I hate to start it and, and then go right into a commercial break. But I did want to talk about bloat and some of the things to do and not do that will help prevent it. And also to talk about some of the higher risk dogs that it would affect, whether it's a breed or an age or whatever. But do you, just real quick, as long as we were on Tough Start Your Rescue, do you, and in, in talking about you know the, the, the successful thing with, with Petrie, is there anybody in the, in the, in the next 60 seconds that you kind of want to highlight and let people know about? A cat or another dog? Oh. Oh, goodness. Well, we have had um, a kitty named Berkeley in our rescue for six years, and she's quite perfect. She came in with a 
pumpkin hip um, when she was a kitten. And she is just the coolest cat. She would love to live with a dog. Um, she's okay with other cats. She's kind of a little sassy thing. She's petite, maybe eight, nine pounds. And, and I just don't have any idea why she's, she's still at the clinic. You know, we have about 11 of them that we're trying to get into foster homes. And then there are probably 60 in foster homes throughout the metro. Um, and she's just, she's just ready to get out of there. And I just don't, yeah. So she might be one that, I mean, my goodness, she's been with us, yeah, since 2013 when she came in as a tiny kitten with a broken hip. And, it, you know, she had some issues previously where she was having urinary accidents, but we've fixed all that. She was loaded with a bunch of sludge and yucky stuff in her bladder, and so that's all fixed. So she's ready. So she is one that I would love to see all right. Move into a home. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Good to know. One more segment, uh, Pet Appreciators. Please stay with us. Total Dog Company is the destination dog food and gear store on the west side of the Twin Cities with easy access off of 169. We have a growing group of loyal customers and increasing numbers of referrals from dog professionals and dog parents because we carry quality products, give sound advice, and are easy to do business with. Total Dog Company keeps up on the latest developments in dog nutrition and products. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show. And together, we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Serving family favorites in Minneapolis since 1964, Milda's Cafe is a great spot for breakfast or lunch. Wake up with their delicious Eggs Benedict or biscuits and gravy and savor their many great lunch options. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Milda serves authentic Finnish pasties. Open weekdays 6 to 3 and now on weekends 8 to 2 on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. The local advertisers you hear on AM950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. as pet appreciators Kathy Menard here your host one of your hosts and Dr. Nicole Perold your other one so we um we had a good conversation throughout the show thank you so much Dr. Nicole one thing that I did forget always forget is to say the phone number pet appreciators you're always welcome to call in at any time with anything it does not matter the topic it just you don't have to stay on topic with us we're so flexible and we really want to be here for you you know that's the main thing so 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. So again, always feel free to call in if you want to. But I was going to ask Dr. Nicole to talk a little bit about bloat. Um, are you okay yep. with that? Yep, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um, definitely something I you know, wish didn't happen to those 
sweet kiddos. Um, but bloat, we basically, a lot of people, I think most commonly do refer to it as bloat. Um, in the veterinary field, we call it a GDV, which is gastric dilatation volvulus. Um, and basically, it's going to happen in these dogs where they're deep-chested breed Irish wolfhounds, standard poodles, German shepherds, Great Danes, um, maybe some mastiffs, things like that. Um, stand, I think I said standard poodles. Um, and I've probably skipped over something, some breed that is very, very important. But like I said, it can happen to anybody, but it's primarily going to be these very deep-chested dogs. And it's going to happen after they have eaten or drank water um, and then exercised. Um, that's the most common presentation. Um, there are going to be times where it can even happen in a small dog. Um, I heard of it happening in a cat once, um, and and sometimes they don't even have to have recently eaten or or done some, you know, excessive exercise. Um, it can kind of happen at random as well, which is very very scary and unfortunate. Um, but actually, what this what happens is the stomach will twist, and so if you imagine that the stomach is twisted. There's no way to untwist that unless you go in and, and do that surgically. So I think, you know, in the veterinary world, there are a few emergencies that are truly, truly life and life or death, and, and a bloat or GDV is one of them. Um, usually what happens is you're going to notice your dog is retching, so they're trying to vomit. They're trying to vomit, but nothing is coming up. Um, you're noticing that their abdomen is quite distended. Um, they're very uncomfortable. Um, if you know you know, how to feel like their heartbeat or their pulse, their pulse will be just sky high and racing. Um, and so the, these dogs need to get to the vet and get into to emergency surgery rapidly, you know, within, I would say, an hour or less. Um, and uh, they're going to, you know, first try to stabilize the dog as much as possible. They might use like a trocar to remove the gas um, so that all of those tissues can kind of relax a little bit. Because if you can imagine something that is twisted so tightly on itself, things are starting to necrose and to die at that pressure. That pressure is so great and the twist is so strong, you know, that some of these dogs end up losing, having to have most of their stomach removed or their spleen removed in the process. Um, all of these things. And, you know, it is such an unfortunate emergency because, you know, it can happen when you're not home or it can happen when you're being careful. Um, and so, yeah, I, th I think th the first signs would be basically unproductive retching. So if your dog is vomiting, that's probably not bloat. Um, one thing to, to note, too, is that there is also something called food bloat that might confuse people. Uh, food bloat is basically when, you know, a dog gets into the pantry and they've eaten like a half a bag of their dog food and they've got this big distended belly. Um, they might be very lethargic, not feeling well. They might be trying to retch a little bit, and then when you take an x-ray, all you see is this huge, huge stomach full of kibble. Um, and those dogs, you know, you don't take them to surgery generally. You, you know, put them on pain medication. You try to have the owners lock them um, to stimulate them to go potty. Obviously, you do not feed them. Um, but I think those are the two types of bloat um, that people might get confused between. Right. Yeah. And I remember caring for a dog that had bloat and we ended up in the ER and she did not, not make it. And that was extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, the, the doctor did not recommend surgery because she said this dog was so old and her stomach, mm -hmm. uh, the lining, just the stomach, you know. She said it was so, th like the lining was so thin that it probably wouldn't be a successful surgery. And, um, right. yeah, and she was quite a bit older. Well, quite old. Um, and that was horrible. I mean, horrible. But, um, but yeah, but I, I didn't even think, you know, when she told me, well, you know, because to me, twisted, okay, let's untwist it. And then, start repairing the damage you know what I mean but it was like right. and, and she was so old it wasn't like she you know she didn't eat fast she didn't walk fast she just kind of sits down um you know after, yeah that is um, that was years and years ago but I never even thought about 
the stomach being too thin, is that something that happens in in older age? Not to get off the bloat thing, but related to bloat, is that something that happens at the and maybe other organs too, just the lining gets thinner? Yeah, I think yes, there are so many aging changes and that definitely it it sounds like maybe that poor dog had something else maybe underlying that predisposed to the bloat. Like you said, she wasn't this young, you know, hyperactive dog who ate really fast and then went and ran. Um, so it, it, it just makes me wonder if there wasn't something else there that predisposed her to it, whether or not it was, like you said, changes in her stomach lining or, you know, could there have been a mass or, you know, something else. But that that is a good point that I didn't, I didn't even actually say is that a lot of these dogs, a lot of them do not make it. Um, it is a, I don't even know the percentage, but I know that a lot of them do not make it because by the time they get there, sometimes the damage is too great, but, but men do. So it's just kind of, I don't know the percentage, um, but it is one of those things that, yeah, you have to get them there right away and just see if they can be fixed. Yeah. And is there things that people can do and I know that these are not guarantees. I mean, there's just there's just too many <clears throat> variables here with blow. But are there things that people can do to sort of help decrease the risk? You know, even if it's like by 10% or something. Like I was, you know, reading a little bit about increased risks, you know, and decreased risks. And some of these I thought, God, I just got to talk to Dr. Nicole. Like an increased risk, they're listed, and this is on vet- veterinarypartners.com. Excellent website, people, veterinarypartners.com. But it said feeding from an elevated bowl is an increased risk. And that doesn't make any sense to me. But I can't even let you explain it, Dr. Nicole, and I'm sorry I even brought it up because I look at the clock and it's like the show is ending. How did that happen? <laughs> like, shoot, like, well, they can go to the website then, to the veterinary partner. Then they can have all the Yes, <laughs> veterinarypartners.com, and just look under bloat for dogs. But um, but a long article, but really good information. And it's kind of bullet point in, in some things, so it's easy to just kind of get that information in. Gosh, I hope you have a, a great start to the week, pet appreciators. Stay safe. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> The city is melting, so watch out for those big puddles. Don't get swallowed up in that. Take care, everybody.